Hello, and welcome to Dissing Killers. The podcast we're not afraid to punch down. This week, our topic is Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Um, Dude, I was going to go out here and say, like, before we did this podcast, I thought I knew about true crime. And knowing that I've known nothing or next nothing about the first six killers we have going in, maybe I overestimated my true crime knowledge going into this project. Yeah, I kind of have the opposite thing. I'm like, oh, I don't know that much about serial killers. And now I'm like, oh, shit. So, but uh, we, we do have someone here to help us. Um, well, not with us at the moment. She's uh, currently at some, not the Black Lives Matter protest. She's at a different protest. What was she protesting today? She's saving the world. Like, keep that in mind, Jack. She's saving the podcast. She's saving the world. Oh yeah, she was. She was protesting the fact that most sea turtles are male. Yeah, well, dude, let's get back to who she is. Valid cause. It's a valid cause. So anyway, um, the person we're talking about is our social justice analyst, Dr. Latoya Lynn Cruz the uh, Professor of Gender Studies at Harvard Community College in Cambridge, Alabama. Before we get going, I just want to talk about how brave she is, dude. Doing the work that she does, especially in this day and age, it cannot be commended enough, in my opinion. I mean, the work she does is incredible. I mean, I've never met someone so easily offended, and that really just shows how, on a deep level, she understands the world. That's the thing, is, it's just an another level of comprehension that to be honest I don't quite frankly comprehend yeah I don't comprehend her comprehension of comprehensive um, issues yeah I couldn't put it better myself there anyway what did she say well she wrote us a letter that I'll uh, I'll read verbatim she said you don't want to fuck up her words trust me yeah no one time I uh, quoted her poorly and uh, she still hasn't forgiven me she only talks to me through email Um, so she said Dear straight white men, as you are incapable of helping yourselves, I have decided to intervene and help you with this episode. After researching your podcast's catalog, I have come to the devastating realization that you are yet to do an episode on a Hispanic serial killer. I view this as deeply offensive because, so far, your privileged gaze has been solely on the white community, although I would expect nothing less from you. Our, our, oh, she said nothing else from you. Oh, fuck, she's going to hate me forever now. Um, my services have been required because of your obvious need for an expert in social justice like myself. Excuse me now, as I just heard a white man talk about race, and he needs to be silenced. Looking forward to helping you in the future. Dr. Latoya Lynn Cruz, Professor of Gender Studies at Harvard Community College. Dude, one thing I just realized from that letter... You know, I feel like we do a good job of giving her compliments. Maybe not quite as many as she deserves, quite frankly. But one thing about her, too, is, dude, she's incredibly humble. Like, she never gives herself any credit. It's amazing that she puts everyone else first. It's just, she just realizes how much the world needs her. And she just allows the world... She's a hero. Really, just a hero. Yeah, the world is her oyster. Yeah, except she doesn't need any seafood because it's racist, uh, because it's, like, against animal rights, right? I think so, dude. I, I don't really get all of it, but I kind of get enough to know what she's talking about. Yeah. Alright, well, anyway, let's get into the, uh, the bio of our killer this week. So, um, Richard Ramirez is born in Texas in 1960. 
Uh, he's an American serial killer who killed at least 14 people and raped and tortured at least two dozen more uh, during the spring and summer of 1985. Uh, he developed epilepsy as a child and became a heavy drug user uh, and became a big fan of Satanism uh, in the early 80, late 70s and early 80s, um, which ended up being part of uh, the case against him because he'd leave Satanistic... Uh, calling cards at his crimes, like carving um, upside-down pentagrams into uh, the walls and such. Um, in August 1985, Ramirez, uh, well, in early 1985, he was chased down and beaten to a pulp um, by just people who were living in the area of L.A. who saw his picture in the paper. And then in 1989, he was uh, convicted and sentenced to death. Uh, but California has a death penalty technically, but hasn't executed anyone in a long, long time. So he actually died of uh, uh, hepatitis C on June 7th, 2013, at the age of 53. And uh, he's really interesting to us because of the brutality of his crimes and the way in which he got caught. So, uh... Let's go. How did he get caught, by the way? Well, he got... I already said that, man. Um, he, he got caught when uh, his picture was in the paper and a bunch of people saw him and chased him down in the street and beat the shit out of him when he tried to steal a minivan. Um, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Ah, uh, the minivan. get to the first sponsor? Yeah, let's get to our first sponsor. Uh, sponsored by PCP, Bath Salts on Crack. So, thank you uh, for the sponsor, guys. We appreciate it greatly. Yeah, thank you so much, PCP, for sponsoring the show. Couldn't do it without you. I mean, I honestly could not do this show if it wasn't for PCP. Yeah, man, I don't know, dude. With these jokes, I'll be honest with you, man, I kind of went just for looks-like jokes with, you know, shitty mullet and meth mouth, so most of these jokes are about his appearance. I apologize, guys, for my shallowness in advance. <laughs> yeah, we apologize for the shallow jokes about his appearance, but I mean, what else are you supposed to do? A guy with, like, meth mouth, a mullet, and, like, were aviators to trial? I mean, there's really very little you can say about him that's not making fun of his looks. I don't think there's really much substance behind the mullet, really. Um, Speaking of looks, dude, he looks like he masturbates to the Zapruder film. <laughs> I think uh, I think he looks like a mix between a Mexican and a person who hates Mexicans. No, he looks cool. He looks like the bad boy at the Special Olympics. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he uh, he looks like he watches NASCAR just to see which cars to steal. He looks pretentious though. He looks like the kind of guy that brings kale to a crack house. Kale to a crack house? <laughs> I didn't see that one. That was really good. Um. But yeah, no, he uh, he looks like a judge for children's pageants. He looks like a SoundCloud rapper, but he clearly was the one because he was actually good at something. Yeah, no, I had a... Uh, where's my SoundCloud rapper? Oh yeah, he looks like a SoundCloud rapper with like six followers who like brags to everybody about how great a SoundCloud rapper they are. And then it turns out like three of their followers are um, bots. It's great. I, I'm referencing like multiple people I've actually met in real life, but... Totally accurate. You one of those SoundCloud types, dude. He was also a dumbass. You can probably tell because of his stupid mullet. Yeah, actually, he was so dumb, the only C he ever got was hepatitis. I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
he was also really fucking stupid too, dude. If you want to get to some more stupid jokes. Yeah, no, we got plenty of stupid jokes. Let's go after it. Let's get after it. Uh, yeah. you. I mean, I uh, what do I have about how dumb he was? Uh. Actually, I think that's the only dumb joke I have. <laughs> I said that too. I realized I didn't have anything, you know. I, guess I, I think I think we ran out of dumb jokes, jokes when we did Gary Ridgway and uh, Eileen Warnos and Ru- Ronald Dominique. We ran out of jokes about people being fucking retarded. Yeah, fair enough, right? A retard quotient. I said he yeah. had no concern for anyone but himself, which explains them the wood. Yeah, he looks a little like what would happen if Ezra Miller was left in the sun for too long. Yeah, you know, with his haircut and aviators, he looks like a cross between a substitute teacher and a SoundCloud rapper, just to go back on that SoundCloud bandwagon. Before we get on with him, can we just talk him in about SoundCloud rappers? Like, it's literally just not that hard to get on SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud, and all we do is talk shit about people who have been dead for tons, for like multiple years. Like, being a SoundCloud rapper just means you know how to operate a computer, and you're able to get online. Like, literally, that's everything. Some of the coolest people in GarageBand are on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'd say that, uh, actually, GarageBand, if you can operate GarageBand, at least you have some form of non-retarded talent, but SoundCloud rappers can't really... Although, a SoundCloud rapper left a really nice jacket at my house. That was cool. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, anyway, do you have any beating jokes? I have a few beating jokes. About the uh, beating you received when you got captured? Yep, that one. Oh, I thought we'd save those until we, uh, till the end, kind of like he did. Yeah, I can save them till the end. Uh, but yeah, no, he, um, he got the death penalty, though, in California, or as most of us call it, life without parole. That's a joke for all you, uh, criminal justice majors out there and people who, uh, realize that Having the death penalty and no executions is kind of fucking stupid. Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of people who realize things, Luke Voigt, you know. Oh man, Luke Voigt, huge help. He's a fence jumper. Like most people with that skill, he used it to invade somebody's property. Thanks, Luke. Uh, I, I cut off the beginning of that. You want to say it again? I mean, Luke Voigt's going to be really upset if we uh, missed part of his uh, quote. Yeah, you're right. He was a skilled fence jumper. And like most people with that skill, use it to invade somebody's property. Yeah, actually, uh, Luke Voigt said that, and Luke Voigt also texted me just earlier today, and he'd forgotten that he wanted to say that Richard Ramirez claimed more victims than he actually had, showing that Mexicans are liars. Luke Voigt yeah, said that, guys. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... um. Poor Luke Voigt, though, is different. I said the biggest difference between Richard and Luke Voigt is that a group of people would never recognize Luke Voigt. Yeah, I said the biggest difference between Richard Ramirez and Luke Voigt is that people found Richard attractive. Yeah. You know, one thing about him, too, is he wanted to be a rock star. So he followed in their footsteps by creating broken homes. That's true. Um, yeah, he wanted to be a rock star, but instead was just beaten with rocks. He wanted to work in the music industry, which makes sense because he was a pedophile. Yeah, again, SoundCloud rappers, we're atting you there, pedophiles. Damn 
come out as SoundCloud rappers. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, his uh, raping and pedophilia, I got a whole bunch of jokes about those because that's definitely a topic we're supposed to joke about. Yep. Um, I had uh, Richard, um, he was the most prolific rapist in the 80s, not named Cosby, which I think is interesting. This one ties together. You'll see. Disneyland has a huge Hispanic population, so Richard wants to be, be around his own people. Sex offenders. <laughs> oh God, I love that one. That one's that's just incredible. But uh, one of the things that really made Richard Richard unique is that he's able to kill all these people while being on a bunch of drugs. For instance, Richard was addicted to PCP, LSD, and cocaine making the most surprising part of his crimes that they weren't committed in Florida. Oh, dude, I like that one. Uh, yeah, you know, Richard had both the haircut and the drug problem, a 50s housewife. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, like, seriously, he looks like he's jealous of the fathers on 16 and Pregnant. Yeah. You know, um, growing up, Richard would, Richard would hide from his father and the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, but he did clean up the streets in a lot of ways. Not his murders, but Richard did clean up the streets by using all of the drugs. Yeah, no, in public he acted like a child, which is to be expected because he's missing his teeth. Oh, man, speaking of that, Bundy was identified through bite mark evidence. Fun fact, I think we mentioned that in the first episode, but yeah, he was identified through bite mark evidence, but it's hard to leave bite marks when meth has taken all of your teeth, in Richard's case. You know, one thing about him, though, is he looks like he'd become a bartender just to slip roofies and girls' drinks. Yeah, he looks like that, but he also kind of looks like he brags that all his drugs are non-GMO. Well, no, he looks like... He thinks 7-Eleven is an inside job. And yet, he also looks like he corners people at parties to rant about kombucha. <laughs> you see the kind of guy that would get a Tinder profile to mock women for being single. Actually, I think he looks more like a guy who goes on J-Date just to insult people. <laughs> you know, he's Mexican, but he looks Native American. He looks like the only Native American that would start a forest fire. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. he looks like if a redneck sunburn became a person. Okay, uh, you want to get you want to get into some facts about him, or are you trying to just? <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're just fucking dissing this guy. We have like plenty of facts, so you guys could actually learn from this. But instead, we're just saying shit. All people that want to hear a story, boy, are you guys shit out of luck this week? <laughs> shit out of luck this week. Um, he was born in El Paso, Texas, so um. Even in that state, like, even that's in that town of El Paso, like, you think El Paso, you think the shooting there that killed 22 people, Richard Ramirez killed 20 people. So, like, he's not even, like, the most dangerous criminal in El Paso. So. Yeah, no, the most terrifying thing about him was that he was Hispanic who put white men out of work. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is, uh, he, so one of the things that was wrong with him According to uh, Wikipedia and like the other websites we use to do really academic level research, is that he uh, people believed he had schizophrenia, although he was di never diagnosed. So it's uh, for instance, like 
Just to summarize, though, he had a mullet. You know, business in the front, party in the back, schizophrenia in between. Oh, dude, I love it. You know what this podcast needs right now? More mullet jokes, bro. Yeah, we definitely need more mullet jokes. You got any more? Uh, yeah, no, his family said he was different from how they remembered him. He didn't always have meth mouth. Yeah, that's not about a mullet. That's about his fucking mouth, dude. But, uh... <laughs> He yeah, does kind of look. On this bitch, bro. <laughs> he does kind of look like a dentist's worst nightmare. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, is there anything more in this story we can get to before we just go back to just petty insults? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he uh, he was actually like not sexually abused, but very deeply physically abused by his father. His father beat the shit out of him a whole bunch of times. Um, he would actually even sleep in a graveyard near his house to avoid sleeping in the same house as his father. And, uh, he also witnessed his cousin murder the cousin's wife. So, uh, he was there to witness a murder. Which, you know, you gotta wonder how that influenced him to, uh, do the things like do drugs and stuff. Dude, I'm no psychologist. Actually, I have more psychology degrees than you do. Mm. That's besides the point. True, you've got two. I've got zero. Mental well-being. What'd you say? Maybe, hear me out here. I think that having a rough childhood made his life much more difficult down the road. I think the fact that he had a much more difficult childhood than Eileen Warnos (laughs) and gets none of Eileen Warnos' credit. Like, everyone's like, Eileen Warnos had a hard childhood. She didn't deserve to go to prison, she needed help, and then, like, Richard Ramirez, like, witnesses a murder, gets abused since childhood, has, like, epilepsy, and, like, multiple mental illnesses, and people are like, he was a criminal. It's like, what well, the fuck? hiding from his own father. <laughs> all the, well, he has all these mental problems, he's literally hiding from his own father as a child. But, I hey, mean, you know, in the public opinion, this guy's a piece of shit, and Eileen Warehouse is just a victim. Yeah, I think that's what we call female privilege. Yeah. Um, but uh, his cousin actually even showed him photos of severed heads. You gotta wonder, like, did Eileen Warnos get to see photos of severed heads? Just no. a question. But Pretty seriously, though, right? <laughs> interesting fact: his cousin showed him photos of war crimes in Vietnam. Surprisingly, his cousin was not Richard Nixon. <laughs> But yeah, no, he, uh, it's interesting, like, he, he really, speaking of politics, I mean, he raped more people than Bill Clinton. Yeah, no, um, you know, one thing about him, talking about politics, he was in a lot of people's homes, and they all hated him. Who does he think he is, Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact we did an episode on Ronald Dominique, though, and this is the killer who died of an STD is just fascinating to me. Like, we've done episodes on Eileen Warnos, Ronald, a prostitute, a gay man, uh, a Casanova and Bundy, a guy who had sex with tons of prostitutes in Ridgeway, and uh, who's the fifth killer we did? Who did we do last week? Berkowitz. Yeah, no, he was Jewish. He's not going to get an STD. We just did a shit ton of Jew jokes for three. Yeah, we just did a shit ton of Jew jokes on him. My point, though, is... We did an episode on Ronald Dominique, and this is the killer who died of an STD, which I just think is fascinating. Yeah, no, dude, actually, I really like that one, because, like, looking at him, you'd be like, oh, Ronald Dominique definitely has an STD. 
I mean, he might. He just hasn't died of it yet. But, you know, he... To be honest, though, back to what he looks like. <laughs> uh, he really Let's does... Let's this conversation down just to make fun of his appearance over time. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... He does look like a cyclist. Like, he looks like a cyclist, but Lance Armstrong took more drugs. That's a, a cycling uh, joke for all you cyclist enthusiasts. Damn, I like that one. Uh, dude, I just realized this. Like, all my like, jokes are pretty much that I haven't done are just about, like, him getting his ass beat. So I would, I would just say, fuck it. Okay. Well, I'm almost, I've, I've got a bunch of those, too. So let's just quickly go over... I'm going to quickly tell the story of how he actually got caught. And I shit you not, this is 100% true. So they had it, they got his fingerprints. It was hot. So he stole a car. It was really hot. He took off the gloves he was wearing when he was murdering people and adjusted the rearview mirror. They got his fingerprints off the rearview mirror, matched them to some burglaries he'd been caught for, put his photo in the paper, and then went to every single outgoing bus terminal in LA and just blocked the outgoing bus terminals but he'd been in Arizona for a couple of days and took or New Mexico one of the two whatever and took a bus into LA so like the cops had all the exits he comes in and he goes to like a convenience store past all the cops sees his face on a newspaper and then some lady looks up and sees him and goes El Matador which I think means like the murderer or something I don't know I don't speak Spanish but, um, yeah, I speak Spanish. You speak full. Yeah, I mean, you're you're fluent, but I don't want to know what it means. I'm I'm trying to stick to a no, monolingual. Tell, you, you don't need to know. I don't need to know. It's it's a need to know basis thing. Well, anyway, this woman yells his name. He freaks out. He bolts out the door and tries to steal a minivan. And then, like the entire town he was in, chases him down the street and beats him to shit with a fire poker, <laughs> and like rocks and shit. So, yeah. Dude, this is the only time that a group of white people beat up a minority for a good reason. Yeah, but what's interesting is that his life was saved when it, uh, from the angry suburban mob by a cop. Usually non-white people are more screwed when the cops show up. Dude, this, is, this was the only time a soccer dad beat someone and didn't get ignored. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting fact. Um, yeah, but I also... Uh, the fact he looked like that, though, and it was the 80s, I'm just surprised he didn't die of AIDS. Just to really backtrack on what he looked like. Yeah, I guess, you know, if we're going to introduce him, you know, he was a second Night Stalker. And like most follow-ups, he did more damage and nobody cared. Yeah, well, he was a second Night Stalker. And uh, he wanted to be famous, but he isn't even the most famous Night Stalker in California in the 80s. That's a really niche, like, niche, like, area to work in. I'm pretty sure there's only two Night Stalkers in California in the 80s, and he was the second best, second most prolific. That's true, but to give him credit, you know, he was a Mexican-American who got his ass beat in the suburbs in the 80s, proving he was ahead of his time. Really ahead of his time. But back in his history, he actually... Oh, do you have more jokes about him being beat to shit? Because I do, too. <laughs> yeah, like, trust me, like, there's plenty more of him getting his ass beat jokes. Oh yeah, no, I um, I had that the people who caught him beat him so bad he was reminded of his childhood. <laughs> I have another one. He got beat by an angry mob in the suburbs. They didn't know about his crimes. Yeah, they just saw a non-white guy walking around in the suburbs like, get him! <laughs> um, 
Rufus, go get him. What? <laughs> Fire poker now. Did you say Rufus? Yeah, it's a white name. It's a white name from, like, the 1960s. What the fuck are you talking about? This is the 80s. It's the old time. Like, there definitely was Rufus in 1980s. There were some Rufuses in the 1980s. Have you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I think I think we have. Great movie. Um, great movie. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, he was addicted to cocaine, and most people do cocaine on yachts. He did, he did his on a boat across the Rio Grande. Luke Voigt helped me out with that one. I was like... How can this be more racist? And Luke Voigt was like, mention Mexicans, Rio Grande, people will get it. So, thanks, Luke. I guess this is my last mock joke. Richard was a drug addict, and besides falling victim to his demons, he fell victim to an angry mob. Yeah, <laughs> of suburban dads and moms. This is, I just, I think, like, he thinks he's such a badass, and then gets his ass beat by soccer moms and dads. It's like Dude, how thing that's great though is like, I don't know if you have you touched on this, bro. He used to work for a Holiday Inn and he got fired for an attempted rape. Why? Because it was Holiday Inn, they gave him another complimentary attempt. <laughs> yeah, he was fired from the Holiday Inn for attempted rape, but that was probably just because he failed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of jokes, man. <laughs> shit. I got. I mean, we can keep talking about what this motherfucker looked like because I could do that all day. I think the audience wants to get, like, maybe just a little bit more of the picture. I get it. Like, they get, he looks like he's a fucking retard with the <laughs> mullet and meth Yeah, the mullet, the meth head, the meth, meth mouth. Seriously, though, guys, like, if you're listening to this episode and you've made it this far, which I really doubt a lot of you are doing, but if you have, um, I would highly suggest Google imaging Richard Ramirez. You know how to spell Richard and Ramirez. I mean, it's just not that hard. But, um... I mean, he, he just looks like a weird motherfucker. But uh, he had some uh, some quotes, even though, because he was captured and he lived for a while on California's death row. He said at one point, I love to kill them. I love to watch them die. I love all the blood. Interestingly enough, he was not talking about his murders. Fun fact. That's a very fun fact. Yeah, he was talking about the, uh, the movie The Human Centipede, his favorite movie. Was that in the 1980s? No. What, what year was that? I have no idea. I think 2000s. I think that was 2000s? I got no fucking clue. I'm going to pour myself another drink. Uh, <laughs> you got any more quotes? Uh, so, uh, sorry, my drink's pouring. It sounds like I'm... Uh, there we go. Love that sound. Love that sound. Alright, so, uh, he said, uh, well, once he was convicted, they uh, sentenced him to death, and he heading off to San Quentin, where the prison in California is for death row. And uh, on the way to the prison van to be transferred, he said, Big deal. Death always came with the territory. See you in Disneyland. Which, really, not that bad nad for Disneyland. And they could have worse. I gotta say, I'm regretting heavy not using my Disneyland joke right now. I should This is definitely the first time I should have saved a joke. What was your Disneyland joke? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you used that one earlier. That's a good one. Um, you can say it again if you want. That's cool. Let's just keep on moving. Yeah, let's keep on moving. Um, so he had a shit ton wrong with him. We have a list on here of what was wrong with him. We had a drug addict, epileptic, died of hepatitis C and B-cell lymphoma, on the psychopathic scale, he was rated a primary psychopath. 
Uh, he had antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, and possibly schizophrenia. I gotta say, dude, he's a normal guy. Like, there's really nothing about him that really stands out. Yeah, I mean, I've got friends who just, they put, they blow this out of the water. Kid I know named Devin. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he also said, uh, we've all got the power to kill in our hands, but most of us are afraid to use it. Those who aren't control life itself, which is definitional. I mean, he's like, we've all got the power to kill. And then he's like, but if you do have the power to kill, you can control life. It's, it's, I don't think he really thought his quotes through. I think he started to say something and then was like, ah, this is how I'm going to end it. Wait a minute, are you saying that Richard Ramirez wasn't a smart guy? I'm telling you, the only C he ever got was hepatitis. Um, but yeah, he also said, even psychopaths have emotions. Then again, maybe not. And he's a psychopath, so it doesn't really help. You know, honestly, dude, I'm, I'm tapping out on Richard Ramirez's quotes. You got any fixing his family quotes? Yeah, but we're also almost out of time. So uh, I think we spent a lot of time making fun of what he looked like and not quite enough time on a on <laughs> anything else. Um, but yeah, a lot of people said stuff like he should have been put to death an awful long time ago. All the jurors voted for the death penalty and we were so happy. How do you find closure when you have to go to a grave to visit your mom? I mean, these are really powerful. But one that really stood out to me, really stood out to me is, how does a guy with one arm open a can of soup or spaghetti sauce? Which really, on a deep emotional level, connects with me, you know? Yeah, dude, that's, of all the great quotes that a lot of philosophers have had over time, that's a brilliant question. I don't think I know the answer to that question, though. I mean, it's kind of like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Um, Brilliant. I have no idea. I mean, one hand clapping or one hand trying to open a can of spaghetti sauce. <laughs> oh, God, we're laughing at the victim of a serial killer. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. This guy lost his wife and lost an arm, and we're, and we're laughing at a quote of it because it sounds mildly stupid. Oh, God, we're... You know what's funny, though? Latoya Lynn Cruz literally said, Dr. Latoya Lynn Cruz said, I think the fact that this man thinks he deserves spaghetti sauce after all the ways men have hurt women is ridiculous, and you should make fun of him. So, good to know from Latoya Lynn Cruz. Thanks, Latoya. You want to do joke of the week, or are you ready to call? Oh, we're gonna post our joke of the week on Instagram. Please follow our Instagram, Dissing Killers. Um, it's the one with the picture that's also our podcast photo. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to find. So, uh, next week our topic is going to be family murderer Chris Watts. So, uh, what? Oh boy, that should be fun. Oh, it'll be an interesting one because he's from Colorado. So, gonna be a lot of weed jokes, hopefully. I think. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do on him. You got any ideas? I don't know, dude. I got to ask Luke. He's got to write out my jokes for me again. Yeah, Luke Voigt's going to help us with some jokes. He's uh, He's been just fantastic. Uh, Luke Voigt also wanted to tell us, uh, uh, he recently texted me that he wanted to say that, uh, I know what, let me find the actual quote on my phone. He said, I know I forgot to bring it up in this episode, but, scrolling down, women can't drive. All right. Good to know. Thanks, Luke. And uh, we look forward to uh, next week's episode, guys. Thank you. Peace. Wait, 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 wait.
we forgot to uh, mention our uh, our second sponsor, and we'd be in a lot of trouble because they gave us over $1.1 million in sponsorship money, which is really what we used to pay Latoya Lynn Cruz and Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's not making that much money on the Yankees because he sucks. Um, this episode is brought to you by minivans. Harder to carjack than you may think. All right, sorry. Yeah. Peace. Peace.